Hello and welcome to The Sharpening Report. Tonight, we welcome on a very special guest, first time on The Sharpening Report, David Wilbur, author of Is God a Misogynist? Understanding the Bible's difficult passages concerning women. It is my honor to welcome David to the show. David, how are you doing? Hey, doing good, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Uh, as I said earlier, it's a great honor. I'm glad to be with you. Oh, honor's all mine. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, so for those who might not be familiar with you or your work, can you uh, introduce yourself? What led you to Christ, and how has uh, that led to the work that you do today? Sure. Uh, so my name's David Wilbur. Uh, I'm an author and a Bible teacher. I focus a lot on Christian apologetics, how to defend the faith, how to defend the Bible. Um, I actually grew up attending a Lutheran church, so my family raised me as a, as a Christian, as a Lutheran. But uh, I actually didn't come to know the Lord in a, a way that actually made a difference in my life until I was in high school. Uh, I got saved at a Baptist youth group event called Friday Night Fever, because uh, that's what you know we were doing in the early 2000s when I was in high school. Um, but there was a Baptist youth group event I started attending, and uh, you know I heard the message of the gospel. The youth uh, leader was really uh, into discipleship and, and getting uh, kids plugged into the church. So I, I plugged in, and uh, that was the start of it for me, of coming to know the Lord. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, I've, I've always been interested in knowledge. I've always been interested in studying deep topics and um, as well as debate and arguing with people. Um, and so when I became a Christian, God naturally took those things that I was interested in and started using it. Um, so in school, I was often put in the position of having to defend my faith because I had a lot of friends who didn't share my beliefs. You know, I was a Christian. I had a lot of friends that weren't Christian, that were atheist or, or whatever. So um, I was driven just because of the position I was in, um, the situation I was in, to have a response to those who ask about the hope within me as uh, scripture commands us. So that's what I did. I dove into apologetics and uh, really since high school, that's that's always been a, a deep passion of mine. Uh, eventually, I got um, involved in the Messianic movement, which if anyone doesn't know, uh, we're basically Christians who go to church on Saturday. Uh, we love Jesus. Uh, we highly emphasize the Old Testament and and uh, things like the Sabbath and the feast days of the Bible. So those are things that I'm interested in. I, I wrote another book on, on that topic. Uh, but yeah, it was within those circles that uh, God kind of put me where I am today. I work for an apologetics ministry called um, 119 Ministries, and uh, on my own, I've also written several books, um, and I'm just grateful uh, to to be able to serve the Lord in this area. Amen. And that's so important. Apologetics is so important. I'm glad that you're involved uh, with that. So, uh, I have other really good friends that are as well. And a lot of people, because apologetics can get uh, really deep and it can get, uh, you know, 
we'll use terms that a lot of people might not understand. So uh, a lot of times it's over people's head heads. But that's what uh, you know. That's what I like about people like your, mm-hmm. yourself because I've seen some of your stuff and it's it's easy to understand. One thing I really appreciated. It's actually how we met. Is um, there there was a recent kind of uptick in the popularity of this this horrible false doctrine about that that Paul was somehow like a false teacher or a false prophet or something. And I saw uh, yeah. you you had done a rebuttal to that idea, you know, showing that you know no, we can trust Paul. His his uh, his stuff is good and and you know it's all trustworthy. And um, I, I thought it was just I thought it was just so well done the way that it was presented. I was like, wow, that's you know I already I already knew. I was going to agree with that anyway, but it was it was presented in a way that's easy to understand. Something uh, that I could hand to anybody, and it would be like easy to understand. And so I appreciate that you're a deep thinker, clearly, and you're you're. Uh, I consider you're you're smarter than me, and so I appreciate that. Uh, you know, getting to talk with you about that, but I really enjoy how um, you present your information as easy to understand. You're not. I I haven't seen anything. Um, uh, from you where it's like boastful or, you know, like, like, you know, you're smart and you're going to show off to everybody. And, and, uh, sometimes in, in, mm-hmm. uh, so, some apologetic circles, we, we see that when people get into it for the wrong reasons. So I, right. I really like that. Uh, uh, your, your presentation style, I think is fantastic. And actually probably on a future episode, we'll have to uh, talk about the, the poll stuff, uh, because originally we were, we were going to mm-hmm. do that. Uh, but then you came out with a book and that is going to be the topic of today. I think this is such an important topic because the church mm-hmm. is kind of split on this issue. Um, you know, what's the role of women uh, in church leadership, or, or how does the Bible uh, describe women? Are, are women like a lower class citizen, or is it equal but separate? You know, there's all these questions. So, generally mm-hmm. speaking, uh, because I think we get most of our opposition on this matter from uh, typically left leaning cultures. So, uh, mm-hmm. generally speaking, what does our current left leaning culture say about women and Christianity? What do, what do they say about us? Um, great question, and, and thank you for those kind kind words earlier. I, I really appreciate that. That's certainly what I hope to do, is, is be able to uh, help people uh, just, uh, you know, because there are a lot of complicated issues that we deal with as Christians that people have questions about, and being able to equip um, you know, your, your everyday Christian with answers that they can give to those topics is, is what I'm passionate about. And, and so that means a lot to me that, uh, that you, uh, see God using me in that area in an effective way. But, uh, yeah, with, um, your, your question of, um, you know, what is the narrative, right? What, what is the cultural narrative of, you know, modern secular, uh, society, uh, as it concerns this topic of women and Christianity. Well, um, many modern feminists, they will argue that the God of the Bible is portrayed as a misogynist, hence the title of my book. You know, he's a misogynist, that just means he hates women. You know, he, he, you know, do, he looks down on women, right? He doesn't consider women um, on the same uh, level of value as men. It's often said that the Bible regards women as the mere property of men and of lesser value than men. And so, for instance, 
there's a feminist author. Uh, she wrote a woman, or she wrote a book called Women Versus Religion. Uh, her name's Karen Garst, and she actually argues that religions like Christianity are, quote, the last cultural barrier to gender equality. So she sees Christianity as a barrier to gender equality. That's the reason there's inequality uh, on her view. She also says that the Bible is, quote, not sacred or the inspired word of a deity because it was written by men who believed women were their property. Um, there's another feminist author named uh, Lori Wiseman. She says, quote, vocal feminism and atheism now are moral obligations. And actually like to ask her, um, how she bases, you know, where she gets these moral obligations from because she's an atheist. But anyway, that's a side point. She says, uh, vocal feminism and atheism now are moral obligations. Anything less makes us complicit in the dehumanization, commoditization, and sexual exploitation of women. So she sees religion as all of these things that dehumanizes women, uh, sexually exploits them. The feminist writer Taslima Nasreen writes, quote, if one believes in women's rights, one first has to cast away one's religious identity. All religions are anti-women. No one can be pro-woman while supporting anti-woman dogmas. And of course, by anti-woman dogmas, she means the values and the ethics uh, in the Bible, you know, the, the teachings of Christianity. It's an, those are anti-woman dogmas, according to her. So, to answer your question, this is the narrative. The narrative among modern feminist critics is that Christianity is bad for women. Uh, it opposes equality, it dehumanizes women, and, and it's a barrier to gender equality. Now, of course, as I argue in detail in my book, this narrative is completely false, but that that is the narrative that we as Christians are dealing with in the culture. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they... they uh I, and I see this a lot too with the the, the arguments against uh, the 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 Christian Church's treatment of women is usually so shallow you can tell that not one of them has actually spent time in a church or a Christian environment. So uh, right. how how are women actually treated in most Christian churches? Are the secular feminists correct in, in any of their assertions, or are they just way off base here? Okay, so really great question. Um, what I argue in my book is that what many of these modern feminists are reacting to is not Christianity, but an unbiblical distortion of Christianity. Um, churches that are based on biblical teaching, they affirm the value of women. They affirm the biblical teaching that both men and women are created in God's image. They, Both men and women are equal in worth and purpose to serve God and to bring him glory. Uh, so in those churches uh, that affirm biblical teaching, women are treated the same as men in many ways. Of course, men and women are different, but ontologically, you know, we are the same, uh, you know, we're the same in you you know there there's no ontological difference we're the same in value uh to god we're created in his image to serve him and and uh you know we're endowed with intrinsic dignity and worth um in saying that 
I do want to affirm the feminists in one way. Uh, not all of them are angry for no reason. Um, there have been some churches and some segments of Christianity that have held unbiblical views about women's value and and so forth. And so, therefore, there has been you know mistreatment. Um, you know, of women. And, and so what I would what I would argue and what I do argue in my book is that there is some misplaced outrage in many ways. There's a misplaced outrage. It's not Christianity that's the problem, but a distorted, unbiblical religion that some people label as Christianity. And of course, I have no interest in defending an unbiblical religion. I'm interested in defending biblical Christianity, which does affirm the value of women. And and so that's what I do in the book. Yeah, definitely. We see that uh, same kind of straw man tactic, too, in a lot of other areas against the church, like slavery, for example. Right. You know, they'll, they'll say, well, you know, Christians will use the Bible to promote slavery or, or to, to endorse it. It's like, no, there, there, there might have been, you know, a couple hundred years ago, there might have been a very small number of people calling themselves Christian that did that. But that, exactly. that yeah. teaching isn't intrinsically Christian at all. You can't find anything really in the Bible that would support that. And, you know, a lot of the verses that typically get brought up, it's either a misunderstanding of what, you know, the law is actually protecting, because there's a lot of protections for the quote-unquote slaves, and then usually it's a misunderstanding of what a slave actually is in biblical context. Uh, so yeah, we see mm-hmm. that same kind of thing with the the, the treatment of women. Uh, so let, let's kind of compare these lifestyles here, because you have, um, you know, lifestyles of like secular feminism, and then uh, lifestyles of uh, uh, like, like, how, what the Bible would say, like a woman uh, should should live by. So, what kind of lifestyle uh, does secular feminism promote for women? If if the secular feminists had their way, and I know mm-hmm. that you know it, it, we're kind of speaking generally here because not not all of them fit into the same bucket, but uh, just generally right. speaking, what what kind of uh, lifestyle would they have for women? What do they promote? Great question. Uh, I actually, I I get into this uh, a lot. I have an entire chapter in my book devoted to this. The title of the chapter is Christianity versus Feminism, which is better for women. And so uh, in that chapter, I compare the values of Christianity with the values of modern secular feminism. And I show uh, what I believe, which is that modern feminism actually hurts women whereas Christianity elevates and celebrates women. Um, So number one, let's just think about this at a very basic level. We all agree, you know, Christian and atheist alike, we all agree in in our culture today that women should be valued and protected and honored. Generally, that's, that's the case. We all agree with that. Well, take Christianity away for a second. If atheism is true, then on what basis do women or men have any objective moral worth at all? We're merely the accidental byproduct of chance, no different than any other living organism on the speck of dirt we call Earth. We've all evolved from primordial goo, the same as mosquitoes and rats. So if atheism is true, then why should we treat human beings as special? Why should we treat women as special? Where do we get these delusions that we have these... uh, moral obligations toward one another, that people have dignity, that people are worthy of respect, that women are worthy of respect. 
On the atheistic view, um, humans are just animals, and animals have no moral responsibility. So the the secular feminist claim that we have to support women's rights or women are deserving of rights, on atheism, there's simply no basis for that moral judgment. Um, why? Because humans are just animals. And, and as I said, animals, uh, we don't have moral responsibility. We don't condemn male dolphins as gang rapists when they forcibly copulate with female dolphins. Why? Because they're just being animals. So if humans are just animals too, then we really don't have any basis on which to affirm the value of women. We have no basis to say that male-female equality is good, that that's something that we should pursue in society. There's no basis for it. So feminism, uh, it fails to provide a moral basis for the dignity and the worth of women. It also maintains um, ideals and values that uh, devalue and harm women. Take, for instance, um, what I like to call modern feminist's highest sacrament, which is abortion. Modern feminist's highest sacrament, uh, modern feminism's highest sacrament. Uh, countless female babies are being slaughtered in the womb uh, every day. The most obvious problem with this feminist ideal, this modern feminist ideal, is that nothing says you hate women more than advocating for the right to murder them. According to modern feminists, some girls don't deserve equal rights. Therefore, modern feminists can't claim to fight for the rights of women since they actively fight against the rights of some women, namely baby girls in the womb. So it's all or nothing. Either you want all women to be protected and given every opportunity to have success, or you don't. If you don't support the rights of baby girls in the womb, you don't support women's rights. So once again, modern feminism fails to affirm the value and dignity of women in this regard. And it's actually modern feminism that opposes women's rights in this regard. They oppose the rights of some women. Abortion, uh, just to add to that, abortion not only hurts um, baby girls, but it also hurts women themselves uh, who receive abortions. I have a couple of studies that I go through in the book, but uh, according to one recent meta-analysis study published by the British Journal of Psychiatry, women who had an abortion, quote, experienced an 81% increased risk of mental health problems. 81% Increased risk of mental health problems compared to women, pregnant women that carry their, their babies to term. The study also found that women who experienced an abortion were considerably more likely to develop an anxiety disorder, experience depression, abuse alcohol, and commit suicide. So um, I mentioned more examples in my book, but it's clear that modern feminism is an obstacle to women's rights. It's an obstacle to women's value and and, uh, well-being and dignity. It's not an effective vehicle for achieving these uh, values that we say we hold. It's an obstacle to those very values. Um, Unlike secular feminism, biblical Christianity provides an objective basis for female dignity and equality. Uh, As I said earlier, God created both men and women in his image. He bestowed 
upon both man and woman, uh, intrinsic value and purpose. Uh, as the scholar Dr. Richard Davidson puts it, quote, the fundamental equality of man and woman is unhesitatingly proclaimed in the first chapter of the Bible. So, you know, scholars say that this Genesis 1, right, man and woman are created. It's an unhesitating prop proclamation of male-female equality. Also, the Bible sanctifies sex as a sacred act to be enjoyed only within marriage, where women feel honored and protected. In the Christian view, women are not objects to be used and discarded, like, you know, they're, they're not sexual objects. Sex is a gift to be lovingly shared between husband and wife. It's actually Christianity that upholds a woman's value as a person, you know, in this regard, what does modern feminism, you know, largely uh, advocate for, you know, sexual liberation, right, which reduces women to a sexual object. Um, Christianity also, I go into much more detail about this um, in my book again, um, but I document how these biblical values that we're going through right now, how they it's undeniable the impact that these values have had on women throughout history. Christianity was responsible for passing the first laws against sexual slavery in the ancient world, for example, that elevating the status of countless women that, that were, you know, dehumanized before, reduced to sexual objects before. Christianity is responsible for liberating those women and elevating them to the status of a, a person made in the image of God. You can't treat these women this way. Uh, so Christianity um, did that historically around the fourth century. Um, so when we affirm and live by the Bible's values and principles it creates a much better life and situation for women. Uh, I believe that feminism, modern feminism today, is a step back from women's progress. It's a step back um, from achieving real male-female equality, real, uh, you know, affirming the value of women. Um, it's an obstacle. It's not a vehicle for achieving those things. Christianity is. Yeah, definitely. And uh, th those are such good points, and especially the historical context and, and, and how it leads into our modern context, because there's a lot of misconceptions today. Uh, well, they're just all out attacks on, on Christianity and, and specifically mm -hmm. from secular feminists that they think that the lifestyle of a Christian woman is basically being uh, chained in front of the oven, you know, being pregnant the entire time and, and bas basically not allowed to go anywhere. And, and it's, it's funny because I've, I've, I've grown up a Christian. I've always been around Christians. I've never seen that. And all of, everyone I know, and of course this is just anecdotal, but all, everyone mm -hmm. I know would, would be like furious if they knew that uh, one of their guy friends was treating their wife like that. So right. we talked about the, the lifestyle that uh, secular feminism promotes. What kind of lifestyle in our modern day today, what kind of lifestyle does the Bible actually uh, promote for women, and why should women uh, abandon feminism? in favor of Christianity? Uh, well, I, like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, um, because of the contrast in values, right, uh, modern feminist values, um, number one, they're modern secular feminism, there's not even an objective basis to affirm a woman's value to begin with. Mm -hmm. So uh, already atheism fails in that regard. Um, you, and um, number two, the value, 
values of modern feminism degrade and harm women, whereas the values promoted in the Bible actually elevate and and celebrate women. Um, You know, I I gave a couple of the examples earlier. Um, You know, men and women are created equal in God's image. Um, The biblical values with with regard to the Bible's sexual ethic, you know, that women are, um, you know, uh, they're Sex is to be shared between husband and wife. Uh, a woman's not just to be, you know, uh, used and and abused and thrown away. Uh, and we we'll get into that a, a little bit later, I think, when when we start talking about some difficult passages in the Bible. Um, but yeah, they, these biblical values I, I think are are crucial. Um, and this in in new. T- it, you know, e- equality. We, we're all talking about equality and, and how male-female equality is, is so important. That's what the Bible Bible affirms. Uh, from Genesis 1 to Revelation, We um, the Bible affirms this value, and the New Testament even goes beyond that, um, and doesn't go beyond it, but it reaffirms that biblical value. Um, what did Jesus do? How, how did Jesus interact with women, right? The the first evangelist, the first great evangelist in the book of John, John 4, was the Samaritan woman, this broken uh, woman, you know, sinful woman. And Jesus took the time to minister to her directly and, and empowered her to um make a huge difference uh, in her community and and he revealed himself as the messiah to her and the uh you know you just look at how jesus treats women throughout the new testament you look at the teachings of paul you know how he reaffirms male female equality in galatians 3 that we're all one in christ jesus uh he talks about um you know the uh it, when you consider like the cultural context, the historical context of what women were dealing with in the Greco-Roman world, how women were really treated like second-class citizens, the Bible elevates women. Um, like for just to give an example, um, in the Greco-Roman culture, um, a woman was expected if she was married, she was expected to be faithful to her husband, but a husband could pretty much have sex with whoever he wanted. You know, he, and most of the time he would have sex with slaves. He would sleep with prostitutes and other men. And that, that was just the Greco-Roman culture. It was very promiscuous. Um, the Bible um, directly combats that. In Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he talks about the relationships between husband and wives and how uh, a man's body is not his own, but his wife's. And he says, you, you husband, you're not allowed to do whatever you want with your body. Your wife owns your body. You're not allowed to go and, and sleep with all these other people. Your wife owns your body. And so Christianity's sexual ethic, it, it elevates women, you, you know, in, in that way, it, it treats them as a person made in God's image equal to man, you know, that, that um, a married couple that, you know, it, that was a, an example of inequality in the culture that Christianity was very radical in, in promoting women's rights in that area. And we see that historically all over the place. I, I have citations throughout my book historically of, you know, um, examples like uh, the pagan pagan critics, early pagan critics of Christianity actually criticized Christianity as a religion of women because it was so popular with women, because women were so um, 
excited about the values that, that Christianity, um, you know, upheld and, and the opportunities that it gave them. That's amazing, yeah. And and typically, when you when when people actually you know take time to immerse themselves in Christian culture, mm-hmm. they'll find that. I mean, it, it's very mm-hmm. rare. I think. Well, actually, it never happens that you're going to actually have a Christian man who is walking by the Spirit, uh, and, and they're going to like abuse their wife or mistreat. Exactly. Their wife. It, it just it doesn't exactly. happen. Yeah. What you what does happen is you'll have uh, abusive men calling themselves Christian or thinking that they're Christian uh, because their family is or for whatever reason, but really it's more of like a cultural Christianity thing. They're not really walking in the Spirit. They don't really have a relationship with Jesus because they'll mistreat their wives and then they don't feel conviction about it at all. You know, they don't repent. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I I definitely see that too. People actually take the time to look at what Christianity teaches, uh, even, you know, modern day Christianity and then, you know, the Bible, what it actually teaches, it's very pro-woman and uh, very pro-equality, but it's it's true equality. Our, Our our culture today, you know, they, they'll say equality, but really what they mean is supremacy. You know, a lot of times right. uh, secular feminism, when you look at their version of equality, it's really supremacy over uh, a man. And, you know, supremacy in those regards, no matter who it's coming from, is never good unless uh, we're talking about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Then, of course, that's fine. Um, we, have, we, we have a lot more to talk about. Um, so I want to get into some of the common misconceptions uh, about the Bible, such as, you know, what's the Bible's stance on uh, rape? Um, what Does it in, endorse polygamy? Uh, things like that that people have questions about. But for that, we are going to have to go to the members-only sec- uh, members section at com. So before we do that, uh, if people are interested, where can they get your book and where can they follow you online? Sure. Yeah, you can uh, connect with me at davidwilber.com. That's uh, david, W-I-L-B-E-R.com. Uh, that's my personal website. Also, the you can get the book at isgodamisogynist.com um, or, or at my website, davidwilber.com, or search for it on Amazon. It's available there. It's uh, Is God a Misogynist? Fantastic. All right, we are going to move into members-only territory. So if you are not a member, if you're viewing for free on YouTube, head on over to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership today. Uh, and most of you already know the story, but the reason that we had to start doing this is because YouTube was deleting our videos. We are going to be talking about some things uh, that YouTube probably won't like because they, they never do anything pro-Christianity, anything pro-conservatism they're not going to like. Uh, so head on over to dailyrenegade.com, get a membership today if you feel led, uh, and help, help us build that ministry. That would be great to have you there. And then you'll get the rest of this sharpening report. Plus you'll get uh, full episodes of everything we produce. We have a bunch of shows. You'll definitely find something that you like. So everybody viewing for free, once again, head on over dailyrenegade.com. Members, hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you so much. And until next time, 